I'm Darren Garrahy, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to a moment where they had the last laugh. So that's why, luckily, I ended up sticking with it for 15 years and eventually it came good. And Ash never thought it was going to happen. But so Ashling, I have the last laugh because we now have a baby together and we're getting married next year. So take that. (laughs) Broadcaster and my radio co-host, Carl Mullen, is my guest this week. He talks to me about coming from a family where passing out with laughter is the norm. How calling a bride by the wrong name ended in tears, but eventually laughter. And the birth of his new baby Davy with his fabulous fiance, Ash. From big laughs to big wins, this season of the Laughs of Your Life podcast is brought to you by TK Maxx. I've said it before, I am all about that winning feeling. And nothing beats that yes moment when you nab ridiculously good quality for less at TK Maxx. Look, whether we like it or not, that back to school slash back to college meh feeling is looming. I still get it, even though I'm 11 years out of school. Don't get me wrong, I don't think I'm young. But this time of year doesn't have to be all about boring uniforms or practical bags. With such great value at TK Maxx, you can nab big name brands without breaking the bank. Whether it's snazzy sneakers, glitzy backpacks, or you want to start the academic year with some fab skincare. That back to school or college feeling is enough for me to want to treat myself. So you should too. Everyone can feel fabulous for less with big wins, small prices at TK Maxx. And now for my chat with Carl Mullen. I hope you enjoy. Carl Mullen, you are extremely welcome to the last of your life. I actually can't believe that you, when you text me asking me to do this, I, di- I thought you were taking the piss out of me. I was well, like, this is Darren and Dunica, just like, oh, you will set Carl up and tell him he's a laugh of your life. I couldn't believe it. I'm delighted. I would like to be able to say, oh, I'm just doing it because I've had Dunica on as a guest and I feel like I have to have you as well. But actually, without <laughs> tooting your horn, or as we said, <laughs> tooting your own flute. <laughs> That blow my own food. <laughs> You've been highly requested by the listeners of The Last of Your Life. Really? Highly requested. Oh, wow. That's I so know. nice. Well, That's just watch your ego now. All right? I know, yeah. This is the thing. This is pressure now because there's so many episodes of this I've listened to and they've just been incredible. And you're going, oh, no, I don't want to be like, you know, someone who like no. people go, oh, I can't wait to listen to this. And I'm like, God, he was really boring. No. <laughs> no without blowing your... <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, a lot okay. of people want to hear from you. Deadly. So, are you excited? I am. I'm very excited. I've, I, I have my, my answers. I had everything <laughs> thought out. You see, I kind of already thought about all my answers for this like years ago. Love it. So, yeah. Okay, Carl Mullen, your first memory of laughter. So, this is probably the hardest one to think about. I, I think it's. So when we were growing up in our house, it was always like, in fairness to mom and dad, they always made us very uh, comfortable with laughter. It was never like, you know, don't be messing. It was always a thing where we were taught like laughing is really healthy and you should always laugh. And they always loved the house to be full of laughter. But my dad is the type of person who, if he really starts laughing, 
you can't stop him laughing. <laughs> and we went to the cinema with him before. I don't know where Mam was. She was probably do it was in the, you know the square in, in Tala. Yes. And there was the cinema in there. And Mam used to go off and do the shopping. And Dad would bring us into the cinema. And went Mam got a little bit of peace. And then we'd go into the cinema or to watch something. And he brought us to see Babe. And do you know the scene where Babe is rounding up the sheep? Yes. Don't ask me why. Dad thought this was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life and started laughing but kind of started laughing uncontrollably then because he was like I shouldn't be laughing so much and then became aware that he was like a grown man in this children's movie who was finding this thing so hilarious that he couldn't stop (laughs) and it kept going and kept going and the scene had moved on dad was still laughing (laughs) and the cinema ended up laughing at dad laughing oh I love that so so we ended up having to leave the cinema with dad because he just could (laughs) not compose himself sorry I can just picture mini Carl being like dad Come on, I want to see the end of the movie. I was raging. So we never got to see the end of Babe because he fell out of the cinema laughing. But dad is one of those people as well who like, you know, when we would lose control laughing when we're in studio together. Yeah. Dad has a problem where he faints. (laughs) Stop. Swear to God. Dad, so if we're watching a football match, right? And if Ireland score a goal or something like that, if he jumps up too quickly, I swear to God he'll faint. (laughs) And it's the same when he laughs too much. So like there was an incident a few years ago where dad luckily wasn't like in the middle of driving the car at the time. They were stopping, they just parking up and he was talking to um, a, an uncle of mine and he was telling them about the film What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And in that film, there's a scene where they can't get someone out of a house. So anyway, they burn the house down. The person has died and they burn the house down. Yeah. But he was talking to my uncle about it and uh, he goes, what do you think they did? you know, to get her out of the house. And my uncle said, did they blow her up? And dad, (laughs) again, lost control. Passed out. And passed out at the wheel of the car. Luckily, they were like parked up. But like, it's a full on part. We were like, dad, you need to go to the hospital about this. Oh my God. And has he ever got a check? I don't know. Is it like a blood pressure thing or something? It must be a blood pressure thing. But like, it, it just happens when... Ashling and myself kind of first started going out. We did that awkward parents dinner yeah. thing where we went over to Ash's mom's house and it was the day Ireland were playing France where Johnny Sexton kicked the drop goal oh, at the yeah, very end. Stunning. And dad went so insane when he hit the drop goal that he fainted and dropped his glass and smashed it. No. And it was like, as in, so he fell back into the chair and like glass everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God. I can't believe this is the meeting like between our parents. Ah. It was so mortified. So yeah, that that will give you an idea of just like laughter when we were kids anyway, probably stemmed from like both mom and dad, but dad probably have the the messer side of him, yes. do you know? That's uh, where that's where it comes from in you. Yeah. So it babe babe in the cinema. That's first memory laughter. I it's mad that your dad's never got that checked out, but like to be honest, what a way to go. I mean I don't want to wish him an early death or anything, but like that's it a good way to go. An amazing way to go. Laughing. You know yeah. people are like, I'm deceased. He would yeah. literally be deceased. Be deceased. <laughs> okay, it would be an, an excellent touch wood, an yeah. excellent way to go, to be fair. Okay, Carl, the first time you felt laughed at. So This, so I have a mole on my face, right? Uh, It's on my left cheek. And when I was a kid growing up, it didn't bother me at all because you're just a kid, like whatever. Yeah. And then when I started getting to the age of like about 11, 12, 13, I started to become really self-conscious about it. And unluckily for me at the time as well, Austin Powers had (laughs) just come out. (laughs) So you know the bit in Austin Powers, it's like mole, 
Molly, 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 Molly. I was tormented oh, with that no, girl. I don't want to go as far as saying being bullied. I think that's very, like, no, I wasn't bullied about it, but, like, people used to poke fun at it, and I was incredibly self-conscious about it, and I would just totally go in on myself. Yeah. And it, it got to a point where, you know, when people would say laugh about it or would kind of make a joke out of it, I started to become so self-conscious about it that for about two or three years, when I'd be walking past a group of people, say if I was in town, I'd be walking past a group of people, I'd actually put my my hand up to my face no. to block it so like they wouldn't see it. And it's it's crazy when you think about it now, but when you're that age, you just, know. you know... I know, it's the littlest things. Anything can set you off. But I actually think now, looking back on it, it actually taught me so much because I remember particularly in, in secondary school when people would be like making fun of you and cracking jokes. I very quickly learned that you can use like humour as a as a weapon against people. Yeah. And people will very quickly stop giving you a stick or slagging you or poking fun at you if they know that you're funnier than them. Because yeah. they know that like if they go at you, you can come at them 10 times harder. And, and I funnier. actually think like my probably sense of humour really developed around that because I was like okay I'm just going to joke my way out of this situation because I'm the most unconfrontational person I, I I can't stand confrontation yeah. I can't have a row I just I'm terrible at it and I think my way out of it is to joke out of it yeah. and that's probably where that came from and there's been a, like a good few people on the podcast who you know especially comedians or people who have you know funny backgrounds you know the likes of Baz he's not a comedian but yeah. he's you know he, he's a funny guy and he was the same he said that in, in school that was his defence mechanism yeah. that's where it came from and like you know laughing at himself before anyone else could laugh like would you have poked fun at yourself then would that have been or or was it more just poking fun at other people I think it would be just more poking <laughs> fun at other people giving and, it back and it, yeah and it, and it was so funny because like it very quickly Disappeared. It then became a thing that people just wouldn't slag you because they knew that, like, there was just no point, yeah. you know? And it was a much better way of for me of doing it because I wouldn't want to yeah. have a row or to fight with anyone, you know? Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I just used to then, like, be the person who'd be in school trying to, like, make jokes at the most stupid stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, walking by you know the the door of like another classroom and seeing one of your mates and being at the door like trying to get their attention yeah. or whatever like that and making them laugh like that was my my hallway through like I was a bit of a goody two shoes in school well, I was gonna say I'm sure you can imagine because <laughs> Dunica and I like we have I don't know how it happened or how it has grown grown such legs but we have pinpointed like there's obviously it's it's your interests like you love planes you love drones you love automobiles yeah. and so we have this running thing of like hey Carl like anytime we see like a cool looking car or plane or drone we're like Carl this is really neat yeah. so like did that start in like was it school like were you always that way or did that develop later what was secondary was... school Carl interested in oh, kind of everything I'm a real FOMO person so I'll do like I was involved in everything I think like say my say the cars thing that came from my granddad because my dad was like he didn't get it from me my dad yeah. like as far as he's concerned a car has four wheels and gets it from A to B because <laughs> my granddad was obsessed with cars so that obsession with cars started when I was about like seven or eight and I got big into like Formula One and I was you know I yeah. used to go around wearing like the Formula One jackets oh and my god I'll tell you this a Formula One jacket no joke saved my life before. Stop. Yeah. I, it was during the St. Patrick's Day Parade. 12-year-old Carl, who was Manny Delgado, 
from right. Modern Family. I, like, if do you want to picture me, <laughs> that's who I looked like. Okay. And I was wearing a Ferrari jacket that had like these pockets and the money that these things used to cost. I remember this was the early 2000s and I paid like 200 quid for this jacket. Stop. And I used to wear it around all the time. And I tried to climb the railings at Trinity College to get a better view of the parade. I've gone in with my mates and I have particularly large legs. (laughs) So, So my knees, right, are so thick that it didn't fit in between the gap with, of the railings. So I slipped, right? Stop. Now they're spiked, oh God. those railings. So I fell down and the pocket on the jacket caught the spike and I ended up hanging from the jacket. Oh and my. I remember thinking to myself being like, has this jacket just saved my life? <laughs> so maybe that's where the obsession with cars You're like, just stays. This is so cool. It's so what a cool story. I can't wait to tell it on a podcast someday. But yeah, then in school, like I was just, you know, I, yeah, I I got involved in everything. Like I did the school musicals. I did everything. Who did you play? I played, there's this, uh, what's it called? South Pacific. Oh yeah. And I played the French guy, um, Emile de Beck. Lovely. Some enchanted evening. And I, I, I remember doing that play as well. And coming out and it was the first night of the play and all my mates were in the crowd. And you know when all the lights are on you on the stage, it's like, this is my big moment. And came out on the stage and all I could hear was... The lads one, one of my mates, Sarah, uncontrollable. And I knew it was her. I was like, that's that bitch in the crowd. Absolutely losing her mind. And was Ash in your school? No, Ash no. went... So I went to a school called Templo College and Ash went to uh, another school that was close by. Right. But like, I... Yeah, I, I used to... Oh, we hung around together. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, we'll, we'll get on to you Ash, liked her I'm a sure. Lot. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll come back to that. Okay, the moment, Carl, when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Oh, God. This... This is probably... I, I don't know if I'll ever have a moment worse than this in my entire life. Go on. So I... Uh, a few years ago we we went on a, a holiday with our mates to, to Canada and it somehow happened that it coincided uh, the time it worked out that a friend of ours who I went to school with was getting married in San Francisco so we at the end of the holiday we flew to the wedding and it was the most incredible day. It was just like absolutely beautiful. You know, they couldn't have looked after us any better and because he had moved to San Francisco we we hadn't, you know, got to spend that much time with his his wife because he'd met her, you know, when they were over there and we hadn't, you know, got to properly hang out with her or anything like that. Now, I'm going to use different names here (laughs) so I don't identify anyone. Okay. So, like, I I actually have (laughs) written down my code names. (laughs) So let's say his ex-girlfriend was called Sylvia. Sylvia, right. And the new wife was called Cynthia. Mm. You can already see where this is going. Oh, God. So we spent the whole day at the wedding. Now, an American wedding is very different to an Irish wedding mm. because we had the whole ceremony and then you had the meal, but everything stopped yeah. at like 10 o'clock, done. And talk about playing into stereotypes. We were like the bars closing <laughs> and the Irish people were like, tag, tag Yanger Bob, please. <laughs> so we were already probably making a bit of a name for ourselves yeah. amongst like the American crowd. And then everyone moved on to a nightclub at the end of the wedding. So we went to the nightclub and I was like, listen, 
the Irish are here I'm going to show these Americans how to party and I went up to the bar and they had a thing called a moron bowl right. which was like the equivalent of do you know when you can go to these places and it's like fish bowls yeah very un-COVID friendly yeah yeah you know you'd share out of yeah. this massive bowl of drink two straws between 12 people so yeah I, I bought one of these moron bowls and was like guys like you know I got this and we can all share and there's about 12 straws sticking out of it and the Americans were like you're all right, like you know, I'm, it's 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 fine. So I ended up drinking this moron bowl to myself because I paid for it, so I might as well. Yeah, yeah. So I got to the end of the night, and the club was closing up, and I, you know, was saying goodbye to everyone, and I went to say goodbye to the bride, and I was like, uh, Sylvia. I am just so glad I had such a lovely day. Thank you so much, Sylvia. You look absolutely beautiful. I kept saying, Sylvia, 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 Sylvia. No. And then at the end, she was like, um, th- thank, thanks so much, but Sylvia's his ex-girlfriend's no, name. No, no, mm-hmm. no, Carl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one of the girls saw <laughs> that I was in a situation and she came over to kind of help and she was like, you're locked like Carl oh God. walk away so I walked away and then was like no I have to I have to fix this I have to fix this so I went back over and at which point I think she was kind of starting to get like a little bit teary eyed no. and I was like I'm so sorry Sylvia Cynthia Cynthia no and uh, my, my mate Karen was like Carl you need to leave right now and I remember the whole taxi ride home it was like something from like you know a music video where I was just looking out the window of the taxi hello darkness my old friend I would just wanted the world to swallow you me you and your up. moron bowl oh my god and I'm, oh, the next no. the next morning the lads were in the same room as me and my mate Kev said he remembers me waking up the following morning and I just my eyes opened and they were so full of hope and I woke up like ah and then you could just see it going oh oh, oh shit dawned on you that actually happened and in fairness oh. she is the absolute queen because ah. like they've they've slagged me about it but she was like it's grand don't worry they're so nice like they're the first oh. people like you know they sent us a present when we found out Ash was pregnant and everything they're ah. like great pals but I you wanted to die oh yeah. my word and I'll never be allowed to live it down from any of my mates you'll never drink a moron bowl absolutely yeah. not no way. <laughs> that's what happens don't drink moron bowls kids one way ticket to the yeah. moron bill okay Carl Mullen your no laughing matter moment in life I don't know it's kind of there's probably a couple of these probably the first one would be because I remember Baz actually spoke about him. So we had a friend in 2FM, Alan McQuillan. Mm. And Al Al was like my first friend in RT, which I, I subsequently found out uh, from a lot of people. He was loads of people's first friend. And he trained me in on the desk. And, you know, he was just one of these people who he would befriend anyone. And Al died very suddenly uh, a couple of years ago. And it was like, it was a mad, just how everything happened. I, I was with actually some people from RTE. Um, we were out on a kind of a brainstorming day and got a, I got a text from my boss, Paul. I'm like, can you ring me? And I was like, oh no, what have I done? I was mm-hmm. like, am I in trouble about something? And I was like, oh, just the meeting, you know, can I text you back? Uh, can I ring you back? And he was like, ring me now. I was like, okay, I'm literally about to get fired. And rang him up and uh I could just tell by his voice. I was like, okay, something's really wrong here. And Al Al had died very suddenly. Now, it transpired that Al, it was a blood clot. And unfortunately for Al, he didn't know the signs to look out for. Mm. And 
it, it was funny because it was my first kind of encounter of you know I was like when I was younger like my, my granny died and that was my only other experience of grief but this was my first time as an adult dealing and experience experiencing grief and because Al was so young when he died it, like it took me ages to get over it in terms of like I was it wasn't like I was going home and I was like really upset or anything like that how it manifested itself for me was I I was terrified of getting a phone call that something was going to happen to someone mm. and every time I'd be you know out and about the place you'd just be going where's my phone I need my phone because I was afraid that you know someone was going to break some terrible news to me mm. and that if I didn't have my phone I was going to miss it and I might not be there for someone and it was such a strange way for that to kind of manifest itself but it like I mean look you deal with things and, and it works its way out but I think that for me gave me a real like a real insight into you know when people say oh your health is your wealth and you know when people say these things and it just goes over your head like whatever yeah you think like, you're invincible until oh, a certain age a hundred percent and the thing was like with Al like I saw Al the day before he died and trying to compute seeing someone one day and the next they're, they're just not there yeah. it's scary and you realise like do you know what we are actually so lucky like having your health is so important and you can be gone the very next day I always find it so strange especially with say a sudden death like that when you I always think it's like because obviously funerals happen so fast in Ireland so say for example if someone dies on a Tuesday and they're buried by Friday mm. the following or sorry the previous Friday like they haven't even been dead dead a week you know what I mean it's yeah. just so bizarre yeah. that like the time just goes so unbelievably fast they're there they're living their life yeah. the following week they're, they're buried they're, yeah it's just so hard and no wonder it's so traumatic for people to try and get over because it's just the nothingness and, and how quickly exactly it comes around yeah. so yeah that that's probably that's probably one of them on a kind of a more positive note I suppose probably like we so we just had a, a little baby baby Davy. <clears throat> But even that was like the whole way through the pregnancy. So Ash, we found that Ash was pregnant just before Christmas. And at the end of January, Ash got COVID mm -hmm. and she was really sick with COVID. Like, so she ended up in hospital with it. And it was probably as well because of the, the pregnancy. But after her having COVID and there was these stories coming out about, you know, side effects, you know, with, with babies, you know, and that was just in her head the whole way through. And we were so terrified that anything would go wrong and she went through the whole pregnancy and uh, anyway she went into labour and everything was going great and then the last two hours of the labour were pretty like tense they, they were worried about the baby and they're kind of like look we, we might have to get him out like as, as quick as we can and I've never felt so helpless in my whole life and having to put your trust in these people who you don't know you've just met them and for them to say like look no it's, it's fine we'll look after it and that for me was probably the most frightening moment of my entire life because you're just going like I don't know this baby yet but like I just need them out now yeah. like I don't care how you get them out just please get them out and please let them be okay yeah. and I remember when he came out and I was I was so worried it was like five minutes afterwards I had to turn to the, the midwife and I was like is he okay and she was like he's perfect he's absolutely perfect <laughs> and it was the most relief I've ever felt in my life but during it I mean it's just feeling so helpless and also can I just say women are like incredible 
I mean, go through the nine months of pregnancy, then, you know, the the labour. It's insane. But with COVID thrown in the mix and for Ash, like, as well, you know, she's a nurse, so she yeah. knows the, the, the risks. And yeah. obviously, you know, as you say, you were hearing the different things that were coming out about, like, that's torturous to have to, and, and not knowing until the baby is born how things are going to be. It's so scary. And I don't think we realise that actually how how much pressure we were feeling about yes. or how much tension that there was around and it was all this silent tension because yeah. you don't want to say it yeah. but it was funny there was one day it was like after he'd been born and I was actually I was back home and then I was getting ready to go back into the hospital and I was walking down the stairs and I actually like consciously felt it, it was like this weight was off my shoulders and I realised how much I had been worrying about it yeah. for the previous whatever it was seven or eight months at that stage but then also throw into the mix the fact that you got the, the breakfast show and we were starting that and that was something that you wanted and so there's those emotions of being ex- I'm sure excited about absolutely. that absolutely but, but also carrying this mad weight of the baby coming yeah and again at the time I don't think I gave it as much kind of credit in terms of how much I was feeling it and it was only afterwards I was like I'm so glad he's here and that I don't have to worry about that anymore you know what I mean because yeah there was and you really do compartmentalise like say when it was the breakfast show because exactly this was like the gig I wanted so you just have to go no okay I have to fully focus on this now that I'm doing it and you have to just cross each bridge as it comes you know Oh my God, beautiful baby Davy! I can't wait to meet him in person. You haven't invited me over yet. Ah, uh, very soon. Very fine. soon. I'll rock up. I'll rock up when you least expect it. Uncle Darren and Aunt, De- uh, Aunt Donica. I'll be like, Carl, that's a moron bowl. Let's celebrate. Okay, the person you always laugh with, Carl Mullen. So, we, we have a group of friends. So, the, in front of my mum and dad's house, there's a thing called the green. Well, it's just a big green. Sorry. <laughs> there's this really cool thing. Called a green. I don't know if you've heard of it before. (laughs) There's there's like a patch of grass, which we called the green. And then, (laughs) therefore, our group mates, somehow, I don't even know when, we all became known as the green. And we we still call each other the green. Cool. This, do you know the thing is I just walk myself into know, these you said it to me before you're like girl you write your own script we were walking up the stairs <laughs> to get to the studio and he was like look at that lift so cool it's a very cool lift <laughs> it's one of those lifts where you, like it's, it goes through the centre of the staircase and you can see right into it's it it's really cool very cool you can see all the working bits um, but yeah it's probably like it's probably the green, like as in all of my mates, there's there's 12 of us in total. Yeah. And like myself and the lads, I mean, just growing up, like some of the, you just look back on it. and it, I'm sure it was the same with you, with your yeah. mates, the, the stupid stuff <laughs> yeah. that you, you, you get up to. I remember one time we, um, there was, do you remember you used to get in your cereal packets, like presents? Toys, or toys, yeah. yeah. One of the toys I remember getting was in like a packet of Cocoa Pops or something. It was this thing that lit up. It was this red <laughs> thing that lit up. And we were like, this looks like one of those things that the guards use when they're slowing down traffic. Oh, yeah. So we were like, let's get a high-vis jacket and let's slow down the traffic. I was like, you're 14. Like, that's a brilliant idea. So we stood out on the road like with a high-vis jacket on and we were stopping buses we were stopping cars and then pe- like waving them down and people were stopping because they thought it was a full-on checkpoint and then <laughs> people would like get up to us and be like okay it's just young fellas and they drive off but I remember there was one fella took particular exception to this and 
uh, like we were taking turns at like stopping the traffic and I remember it was my mate Tucker and he, you just heard the car go into reverse oh god and no. we all were like oh scatter <laughs> and in every direction we just legged it and I remember hearing the car like him driving after us but laughing so much that we could hardly run trying to get away and like just absolutely in bits and then like there was other stuff like we used to do where you know when you'd be having a sleepover and yeah. you would it, it, it started off where you'd order like pizza to someone's house at two in the morning then we progressed on to like ordering skips to people's houses and it was just, <laughs> yeah, absolutely ridiculous it just got so bad a skip a skip we ordered a that skip that actually be really handy you, you weren't expecting it well one time the lads ordered a pizza to my house and I was up in bed right it was about 11 o'clock and it was a school night <laughs> And I was getting ready to go to sleep and I heard the doorbell going and I was like, who the hell is like, you know, at the door at this hour of the night? I could hear my dad talking and I went out into the landing and I heard him going, what's, what's on it? And your mum was like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, pineapple and ham or whatever. I was like, ah, oh, sure, we'll take it. <laughs> the lads had ordered a pizza to our house. Yeah. Thinking it was gas. And dad, obviously not expecting the pizza. And then your mum was like, you know well there's a pizza been ordered here and dad was like well I didn't order what's on it and paid for the pizza <laughs> because he was like well actually just take it anyway we'll have it and the lads, absolutely gorgeous. the lads were watching from like the bushes across the road from mom and dad's house being like what the hell is going on like the joke here was meant to be that they didn't order the pizza and he just oh took it oh my god I love it so yeah it's, it's, uh, it's my mates and we still yeah. just have a stupid sense of humour and it, like any of them we just you could send us on a night out and you know you just end up with a pain in your face that's from laughing. the best thing about your oldest friends yeah. that like no matter how long the gap is between when you see each other you always when you meet up you laugh about the same stuff exactly yeah okay Carl a time where you had the last laugh <laughs> I was really struggling with this one really struggling because I'm like I said earlier on I'm not confrontational yeah and I would be the type of person who like if I, I, like say if someone did something to me or slighted me it, it, I probably just wouldn't bother going there yeah. I was like this is not worth my energy so I think not to go all Disney on it I, th- I think having the last laugh was probably me getting with Ashling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love it go on because so the thing was right I I met Ash when I was 11 right mm. and I remember it was outside on the green and she came along cycling her bike and I was like, uh, this is going to sound like I'm making this up. I was like, oh, my God. I like, I was mad about her immediately. Right. <laughs> so it's too much. Well, I probably came on way too strong. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> because it was like, well, you know, it mates. I was like, so I was like oh, my God, she's, she's gorgeous. I love, oh, my, like, will you get us to meet? Please, will you get us to meet? And I remember, like, the mates tried to get us to meet one time and they, at one point, locked us in a room together trying to get us to meet each other. And in fairness to Ash, she was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> She's like, what's going what on? What did she say? She was just, like, sitting there in the room and like, so, uh... <laughs> Chatting. Yeah, this is kind of weird. And anyway, her mom ended up coming to collect her and Ash was like, oh, there's my mom. Sorry, I have to go. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> and she was totally freaked out. But, like... So nothing ever happened with Ash and myself growing up. Ever? Ever. And I was just like 
hellbent I was like no see we were really close we were yeah. always really close and obviously when you're kids like you know it develops then a little bit further and when we were 16, 17 like we were genuinely really close friends and if, if anything was wrong Ash was the one I would ring or if you know some of the best like laughs I ever had were with Ash and yeah. we were just really really good friends and um, I know people would have been like would he ever just get over this like this is absolutely ridiculous it's not going to happen yeah. and my thing with Ash was you know, we had talked about it and the reason why I never gave up on it was because she never was able to say to me that she didn't yeah. like me. Okay. Her thing was that she was really worried about the friendship. Yes. And what that would mean. Which is normal. And oh, like, and like total friend zone. <laughs> totally friend zone. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, looking back on it now, I'm really glad we didn't get together at the time because, I mean, we would have like we wouldn't have ended up friends we probably would have killed each other Why? you know what I mean I just like being you know a different different personalities and not being able to deal with it and like when yeah. you're older you realise like a lot of time you need an opposite personality to really click like Ash is the organised one Ash is the one who gets stuff done yeah. I'm the one who's like ah, this is hilarious let's <laughs> laugh at this thing you know and she's like Car, we don't have time we need to get something done <laughs> But like she helps me function and then I help bring her down. And Relax you kind of or whatever. Like, exactly. Yeah. You, you, you work off each other. But when you're younger, you don't realize that like, you know, it's okay if people are different personalities. Yeah. Because they're not the, at that age. It's like, yeah, but do we really fancy each other? Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then we ended up. So Ash moved to London. Uh, she was in London for six years. And during that stage, we realized like we really missed each other and not seeing each other that much. But like, you still hadn't kissed or anything? No. And oh, I think there was probably one time where there was like on a night out, there was some sort of a sneaky kiss. But like, you know, yeah. it was it was one of those things where I was like, this is it. <laughs> and then it wasn't it. This is oh, thinking, you know, this is the moment. And then it wasn't. And I'm so glad again it didn't happen then because it was probably our early 20s. Okay. But then, you know, she went to London and we then went to that holiday in Canada that preceded the... Uh, oh, yes, the wedding <laughs> the disaster. The wedding disaster. Yeah. Um, that was the first time we'd spent an extended period of time together. And on that holiday, nothing happened. But that's where I was like, okay, like there still might be something to this and it was a few months after that we ended up getting together and had you been shifting away and had you had girlfriends and stuff before that I so I had never had a girlfriend, a girlfriend but Ash was my first girlfriend people. which funny enough I was always really embarrassed about so I was 26 when Ash and me got together and I was really embarrassed about never having a girlfriend who cares but I actually it's way more common than, than I realised I couldn't believe it but my thing is and again I'm not saying this to sound you know all Disney I genuinely didn't like you would you would you would meet people or yeah. you know whatever what a meet I'm still saying Shift. meet like yeah, I'm, I know, yeah, I know. Like I'm 12 I was meet as well yeah but <laughs> like you know you would I never got with anyone and I swear to god it was because I was like well I don't want to be with anyone I only want to be with Ash and I was like there's no point with me being with someone because I don't I will, I'll literally just be with this person and then if Ash comes back in the scene I'll just want to be with her so it just didn't make sense so that's why luckily I ended up sticking with it for 15 years and eventually it came good and Ash never thought it was gonna happen but I so Ashling I have the last lap <laughs> because yes. we now have a baby together and we're getting married next year. So take that. <laughs> oh, stunning. Okay, wait. I just need to rewind a tiny little bit. Yeah. So what was the moment where you like first kissed or like said to each other like, this is it? So we had, we'd been on that holiday and then it was like a few weeks afterwards and Ash was still in London at this stage and then she, she was back in 
in Dublin and I I was like right come on we'll, we'll go out for like for a drink just to you know catch up or whatever after the holiday and everything but in my head I was like there's something going on here yeah the, I, You're get, I just pictured you getting ready in the mirror being like I've been really drowning <laughs> you don't need to see out of cool runnings I see pride I see power <laughs> but I, I I don't know why I just felt something was happening yeah and again this is just like a growing up thing but I was like I'm not not saying this yeah I was like I'm just gonna say it outright so we were out for a drink and just the two of you just the two of us and we were you know chatting away about everything yeah. you know about the holiday and everything and then I was like right I was like I have a question to ask you and I was like what's the story here and she started crying <gasps> she was oh like la, 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 la. and I think because she was just like okay yeah this is you know oh my God. And uh, so then, yeah, that was that was it. So it was actually, what's the name of the fest? First time we could, do you know the Big Grill Festival? Yes. It was out at the Big Grill Festival. And uh, so nothing happened that we just had the conversation. Oh, for God's like, sake, will you come she, over? She was like, you know, look, we just need, <laughs> I need to just, you know, sort some stuff out. And then we uh, went to the Big Grill Festival a few weeks later. And uh, you were like, it was come myself and our, <laughs> my mates. <laughs> And with our mates, they didn't know anything was going on. I remember we were up at the bar and then we kissed there for the first time and we thought no one saw us. Oh and then see they were like, holy shit! Oh my God! Girl and Magic kissing each other! So, yeah. That. And did you do high fives with all the all the green lads? Oh, they were. They couldn't <laughs> believe it. I remember pulling up in a, to a set of, tra- set of traffic lights when Ash and me got together. One of the lads who I, I wouldn't see a lot at all, but we were like great mates. And one of these people who, when you see him, you just, yeah. you know, take take up where you left off. But I remember pulling up at a set of traffic lights. I was like, Jesus, Joe. And I beeped the horn, rolled down the window. I was like, oh, what's the story? The lights went green. And I was like, I'm with Ashley and Brandon now. And she was like, what? Yes! She's there like going down the street beeping the horn. So, yeah. That is so <laughs> Oh, what a story. Thank there you, Carl. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, Carl Mullen, what will be? It has to be dogs. Uh, it has to be dogs. Little baby Angie. It has to be. And I've never had a dog <laughs> before Angie. And... I never really fully understood the obsession some people have with their pets. Yeah. And like Ash always wanted to get a dog. And I was like, yeah, it'd be lovely to have a dog. And then eventually we, we got Angie. And it was like straight away, you know, you're going, this is incredible. Like yeah. they are, they are so good for your mental health. I cannot describe it. Like you come in after having a crap day and the dog it's just like, I'm so happy yeah. to see you. I am just, they only know how to give love. And even like, you know, when you're like, if a dog's misbehaving and you might be getting, you know, cross with it or whatever, you'd look two minutes later, like, yeah, good me. I know. You know? Oh, they're, they're just the doughtiest. They're just the best. And they, like, there's other add-on factors. Because you have the dog, you have to get out and walk them, yeah. which makes you feel better. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing as well, having a dog is probably the most social thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> because I talk to more strangers now than I ever would have done. Because you stop and the dogs are sniffing each other's arses or whatever they do as dogs. And you get chatting to the owners. But sure, I've been a Castanock person my entire life. But Paddy moved over from Rathmines, obviously, when we moved in together with COVID. No, he's literally like, because of Walking Bird, he's like, oh no, I met Anne and uh, Jerry there. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, I haven't seen them in 15 years. It's like, but sure, didn't you guys go on holidays together? <laughs> How do 
you know this? Like all these people just from meeting through Walking Birdie. Paddy is the type of person who I <laughs> yeah. feel would like meet someone for 15 minutes and would be better friends with oh, them yeah. than you've been for He'd your be entire like, yeah, life. He'd be like, yeah, no, I'm going to drop down a hammer to them. They're looking <laughs> yeah. for a hammer there or something completely random. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree though. Yeah. I agree. No one's ever given the answer. Oh, actually, I think PJ Gallagher gave the answer of dogs, maybe. Oh, they're just, they really yeah. are the greatest. Okay, are you ready for your quick fire round? Okay. Colin, the actor you always laugh at. Will Ferrell. Stunning. It has to, I know it's an obvious answer, but I just... Sure, as late as today, we were joking about Tits McGee. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just still so quotable. So it's quotable. So, there's so many quotable lines. There's a... Uh, can I swear on... Yeah. Okay, so there's a... Well, I know I've sworn a couple of times, but the F word swear. There's a, a film called Old School... And there's a scene, and if you ever watch it, it's where they're like kidnapping these guys who are part of the fraternity. And they're kidnapping um, this guy in the car park with his wife. And Will Ferrell turns to the wife and goes, if you tell anyone about this, I'll fucking kill you. And she's like, oh my God. And he's like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We'll have him back by tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, I don't know how he does it. He's, he's just so just, funny. His face. He's one of those people, you look at the, his face and you laugh before he's even spoken. Yeah. Okay, the actress you always laugh at. I think Melissa McCarthy. She's just... Class, so good. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm probably giving really obvious no. answers here, no, but like them. you know, she's just incredible. One of those people. Anytime you watch anything, it's just like yeah. <laughs> My friends always slag me though when I have a guest on and when they mention an actor or actress that I don't know, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> pretending I know. So I love when it's people that I do know. Okay, the movie that makes you laugh out loud. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. One of my favourite films of all time. Went to visit the house when I was in San Francisco. It was like a pilgrimage. <laughs> like, Carl's like, we've got to do that tour. The actual house. It is such a good movie. I oh. still could watch that and absolutely piss myself laughing. Cool Runnings as well will be up there. Love it. Yeah. The comedian that makes you laugh out loud. Oh, there's so many good online comedians at the moment. Yes. Um, I, like in terms of Irish like up and coming comedians like Darren Conway I think is absolutely hilarious Brilliant. then in terms of like actual like proper stand up comedians I used to always love Chris Evans yeah do you remember yeah. like, and the, the sweat would be <laughs> pumping squirting out of him <laughs> He'd be in absolute ribbons, but I used to love watching those yeah. um, those gigs and just being bits laughing and then he'd end the gigs singing a song stunning do you remember yeah. he had a gorgeous voice amazing yeah but I don't know what he does these days but he was class and finally Carl your best or worst joke hang on now I want to I actually have this here so I want to make sure down yeah. in your <clears throat> notes app on your phone there Darren yes girl a slice of pie is $2.50 in Jamaica and $3 in the Bahama Bahamas <laughs> I'm going to start that again no 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 keep going <laughs> Yeah. A slice of pie is $2.50 in Jamaica and $3 in the Bahamas. Mm. These are the pie rates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh my God. That is peak, Carl. Yeah, it's so, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's so good. Carl Mullen. It's been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much for sharing the last of your life. Thanks so much for having me. That was great. And I bloody love working with you every day. That's fabulous. Ah, you're a lovely That'd be great friends. That's good, good podcast. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Last of Your Life podcast with Carl Mullen. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, why not tune into 2FM Breakfast with Darren Dunica and Carl weekday mornings from 6 to 9am on 2FM. Shameless plug of our radio show. That is four episodes down, eight to go for this season of The Last of Your Life. If you've never left a review before, please take the time today. I would love to know what you think. You can leave it in Apple Podcasts or you can tweet me at Theron Garrahy or you can get me on Instagram 
at Derringarhi as well. Guest booker for this season is Olive Esler. This podcast is recorded with Collaborative Studios and it's brought to you by TK Maxx. Big name brands without breaking the bank. Nailed it. Big wins, small prices at TK Maxx.